Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 344. Today is November 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, hey, let's just do a real quick market review. We just came through the early fall months of the year. This, from a seasonality standpoint, the media has been telling us was the most volatile time of the year for the stock market, and there was likely going to be some kind of a major correction or a crash. Well, it didn't happen, did it? There was about a 5% pullback in the S&P 500 in September. Overall, the markets have been very stable, and we came out of October and into November, not only with the market not crashing, but with every major indice at or near record highs. That's across the board. S&P 500, NASDAQ, Dow, Russell 2000. And the same people that were predicting a crash over the past couple months, well, you know what they're saying now. They're calling the sky is falling, the market's at record highs, something has to give. Well, maybe, but maybe not. It's what I want to touch on today. Let's first, though, talk about the Federal Reserve's Open Market Committee meeting this week, This is where they came out and they announced that they're going to start tapering. Well, this message has been telegraphed to the market for probably at least six months now. It's no big deal. If you go back, I don't know, several episodes ago, I talked about how the Fed tapering was meaningless. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to get a fuller picture. But the bottom line is that, yes, they are backing off. They're going to cut down, I don't know, $15 a month going forward. So, Mid-next year, they should stop all their asset purchases. But that's no big deal to the economy. The Fed's balance sheet is over $8 trillion. Since the pandemic started in March of 2020, they've been purchasing $120 billion a month. The big thing that you have to remember is, is that that $8 trillion that is on their balance sheet, well, they're not retiring that. That's not going to go away anytime soon. As those securities, whether they be government treasuries, or mortgage-backed securities. As they mature, the Fed just rolls those over. The reason the Fed's balance sheet is at over $8 trillion right now is because almost half of that is securities that were purchased back during the financial crisis starting in 2008, and those have never been taken off the balance sheet. As they mature, the Fed just rolls them over and buys more debt. So don't get confused when you hear that the Fed's tapering or that's going to send interest rates skyrocketing. Two different and almost totally unrelated topics that the media constantly merges into one. It's really meaningless. I wouldn't pay any attention to it at all because it's all already priced into the stock market. Now, speaking of the stock market and these record highs that we're at, for months now, probably half a year more, we've heard everything about inflation and these shortages or driving down sales and profits, and it's just going to culminate into some big, huge mess. And again, even with all the supply chain disruptions and the wage inflation and the price inflation, even with all those problems, again, look at the market. What does the scoreboard say? The market's at record highs. These are definitely problems with the economy, but it doesn't mean that they negatively impact all corporate profits across the board. In fact, many of these companies have been able to profit by raising their prices, passing on the price increases, or just selling their existing products at list price so they don't have to discount. They don't have to spend 
an exorbitant amount of money advertising and trying to close sales deals because they're selling everything they can produce at top dollar. Now, the question is, can they continue? I think they can. Before I get into that, let me step back here a second. The reason this past year that I've not been concerned about things like inflation and these supply chain disruptions is because they're self-correcting. The marketplace, to the extent that it functions as a free economy, it compensates and it is constantly adjusting. That's why we have a capitalist system, or at least a quasi-capitalist system, where there's price discovery. So when people are worried that there's going to be some kind of a big economic collapse or a crash of the stock market, or they think that the politicians or some institution or some trusted authority somewhere has to step in and do something, you know, Joe Biden's got to call up Saudi Arabia and tell them to produce more oil. Those cries of outrage that you hear in the media are all nonsense. The economy, the market, it is self-correcting. It doesn't need Uncle Joe or the orange man, or anybody else, to step in and tell it what to do. Things work out on their own. The title of today's podcast is GDP is down, stocks are up. I'm using that for a specific reason because I want to shine the light on exactly that fact. Right now, coming out of third quarter, GDP was only at 2%. That's significantly below what they were forecasting going into it. Remember, all year we've been hearing about hyperinflation and all these rising prices and how the Fed needs to raise interest rates to cool down an overheated economy. And they're forecasting 5, 6, 7 or more percent GDP growth for the third quarter. In second quarter, the GDP was 6.7. I think the highest record it's been since, I don't know, the 80s or 90s. But what do we clock in on third quarter GDP? 2% growth. Back to the old sluggish, mediocre growth that this economy has been going through for over 20 years. And why is that? It's because the economy is self-correcting. The higher prices, the shortages, the supply chain disruptions. That cause consumers and producers of products to adjust and reallocate the way they were spending their money and the products that were being manufactured into the market. And it's not stagnation. It's just regression to the long-term mean. That's why I haven't gotten all excited and I don't believe that we're headed to hyperinflation. Because the bottom line is that productivity has improved. The average company in the S&P 500 is producing more revenue with less workers. That's a recipe for long-term profits. Now, with the markets being at record highs, can this go on forever? Well, no. Trees don't grow to the sky. Markets get overheated. That's why we have corrections. That's why we have pullbacks. But that doesn't mean that we're headed to a major crash or necessarily into a recession. I can't predict the future, but as I look out through the end of this year and into first quarter 2022, things still look really good for the stock market. And that's even if the major indices themselves don't advance very much. My money isn't all thrown into an index fund. I have my wealth and my investments spread out over, I don't know, about 140 different individual stocks. I doubt that the S&P is going to go up another 10 or 20% in the next six months. But when I look at those 140 individual stocks that I own, I think that many of them can go up 5, 10, 15, 20, or even 30%, if not more. Remember, it's not a stock market. It's a market of stocks. 
And while the index may move sideways, that doesn't mean that the individual stocks that make up that index can't rise or fall in different proportions. You've heard me talk about this before and even just in recent episodes, drilling down and looking at the performance of either the total stock market or the S&P 500 and looking at it not as an index, but breaking down the metrics and looking at how individual stocks are performing. For example, yes, the S&P 500 is currently at or near an all-time record high. But within that index, more than 26% of stocks are trading below their 200-day moving average. Think about that. More than 26%. So with the S&P 500 at record highs and big companies like Microsoft or NVIDIA, Bank of America, PepsiCo, Costco, AMD, Ford Motor Company, lots of these big companies all right now at or near 52-week highs. And that's what you're constantly hearing about in the media. And so right now, yeah, maybe Microsoft or Costco or NVIDIA, maybe they're overbought right now. Maybe they are going to pull back a little bit. But guess what? That means that there's plenty of opportunity out there with good companies that maybe have gone through some bad periods and are way off their 52-week highs. Companies like Twitter, off its 52-week high by probably more than 30%. Western Digital, down by nearly 30%. Intel, down over 26%. FedEx, down nearly 25%. Regression to the mean in an improving and economy that continues to reopen means that it could be very probable that those stocks will continue to move higher even if the indexes overall stagnate. It's not a correction, as I've often said. It's a rotation. I stress this point because I hear from a lot of people saying, hey, did you sell so-and-so stock? It was down 10% today. Well, no, I didn't sell it. I rarely sell something when there's an abrupt drop in the price. That's why I don't use stop losses. I never want to sell in panic. I'm more likely to buy when the price goes down than to sell. So I put up a couple videos over at my YouTube channel. That was on the day that Six Flags and Fiserv both had a big correction in the price. No, I didn't sell. Unless you read over at my blog post at investablewealth.com that I'm buying or selling something, then I'm not buying a new position, nor am I selling an old position. Now, intermittently, I'm adding to my existing positions. I don't always blog about that because it would get redundant and boring. I'd be filling up your inbox with emails. But whenever I make a significant move, like I'm selling an existing position, I blog about it. And whenever I add a new position that's not currently in the mix, I blog about that as well. So you don't have to ask me if I'm doing it. Just read the blog. So no, I didn't panic and sell six flags when it was down over 9% the other day. Nor did I panic when Fiserv dropped 10% in a day. I think these companies are going to recover. Just in the last few days, Fiserv right now is up over 6% from that low price it put in, you know, four or five days ago. And Six Flags has made up probably more than a third of what it dropped down the other day. So I don't panic when a particular stock falls apart on a given day, maybe because there was some bad news about an earnings miss or some analyst didn't like the way the future revenue was being predicted. I don't care about that. I own stocks that I think are fundamentally sound to begin with, and I know they're going to fluctuate day to day. I don't panic when one drops 5 or 10% because I don't have all my money in one stock. 
I own about 140 different stocks. So today, you know what? There's bad news. Heister Hale is down over 12%. And Quantum's down over 4%. But guess what? Ebix is up over 7.5%. Rackspace is up over 6%. Bosch Health is up over 5%. Lyft is up over 9.5%. And Cardlytics is up a whopping 12% today. Remember, it's a market of stocks, not a stock market. There are plenty of opportunities out there in individual stocks. I think that's the case now. I think it's the case through the end of the year. And I think the trend for individual stocks can keep moving along right into at least the early part of 2022. When we get there, I'll reassess. Heck, I'll reassess tomorrow. I look at the data every day. I ignore the nonsense. I ignore the static. I ignore the media narrative. I ignore the hype. But I look at the data. I look at the fundamentals. And right now, they still look awfully good to me. Well, hey, as always, thanks for listening. Until the next episode, this is John Pagliano wishing you the very best returns.